0: So, dear, what would you do if you had three PhDs?
1: Uh, depends on what the PhDs are in.
0: Why everything, of course. Oh. That's right. Three PhDs, that means three... Wait, doctorates? Doctors? Three doctors? Wait. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That's what we just watched. The three doctors. Uh, what happened in it?
1: dear? you? Mm. Uh, well, we see a lake with a balloon that landed here. It's a weather balloon. Car drives up and he's like, "I'm Dr. Tyler. I'm here for the balloon." And they're like, "All right." Car is driving over the balloon, and then there's weird static, and the farmer that found it is swooped away. Weird. Uh, there's nobody here. Radio's unit. Hey, this is important. The box is for comic ray research, so the PhD bro- doctor brought it to show the results of what was happening. Last week. test is weird and different. Also look mm-hmm. at this deep space info Houston found. This weird space lighting is oh, moving faster than light, but is the machine broken? That shouldn't happen. PhD doctor is here to run some tests. Brig gets upset about it, leaves. The next test comes out, and is the farmer's face. And the pH doctor is swooped into the box, followed by a red and black blob crawling out of it. The doctor is off at the lake looking for the farmer, learns some stuff. The brigadier, meanwhile, is looking for the PhD doctor, he yells at Benton to go search for him. Doctor and Joe drive back up to the house, and a weird blob shows up and nearly eats Joe, but then eats Bessie. The doctor then shows <gasps> up to the brig and... You can't find the PhD doctor. And they're like, Ben, put a guard on all the drains. And then the Dr. Cedar sees the weird face and goes, lol, we found the farmer. Doctor checks the sink, gets tracking reports looking like they scanned all of Earth and then wound up here. The goop is hunting the doctor. Woo! As you do. And as made mistakes in catching him, it got here by a light beam. As you do. Outside, a bunch of trash piles appear that scream and move towards the unit, and they're like pus crabs. And oh, the doctor sees this, and they're like, wow, they know military tactics, and guns do nothing on them. Benton calls the brigadier, and then he's like, alright, evac time. Uh, meanwhile, a blob is coming out of a drain to get the doctor. Benton, Joe, and the doctor run to the TARDIS, put up the force field, so it's SOS time. They watch the blob yep. comfortably and tell the Time Lords about it later. And then meanwhile, at the Time Lord space, they're just kind of looking at it from afar. And they're like, this beam is coming from the black hole and stealing all of our energy. It's our literal equal and opposite force to us. It shouldn't exist. We should help the doctor too bad. We can't. So let's use the second doctor to help him. Ha ha. The doctor in oh. the TARDIS f- suddenly finds a recorder and the second doctor poofs up. And Benton, of course, recognizes him and they have a moment. Second doctor comes up and goes, Hey, Joe, here, I'll explain and make it worse. And the Time Lords are under siege. So I'm the only one here to help you. And the third doctor's really pissy about it. So the doctors do a mind meldy thing and he learns everything pretty quickly. And then they have a fight about shit. So they send in the first doctor so that they can stop fucking stop uh stop fucking squabbling. First doctor gets stuck along the way somewhere and he's like, Why the fuck aren't you going into the thing? It's a bridge. It's a time bridge. Go cross the bridge, you fucking idiot. And the doctor's like, fuck, and goes outside, and then Joe runs after him, and the blob takes them both, and that's the episode.
0: That's right. Joe and the third doctor are dead. It's mm-hmm. the second doctor's show from now on. That's it. That's um so first of all, Crabs. Uh do you wanna take a stab at what their real name is? No. Okay, you wouldn't have gotten it anyway. Uh they're called gel guards. Okay. Don't ask me where it comes from. It comes from the novelization essentially. It's uh Yep. Um sorry, I I'll, I'll explain a lot of the behind the scenes stuff as we go along. Um There's a lot of contention behind the scenes with this. Uh, First of all, this story took forever for them to write um, and set up, uh, but we'll first start off with the actors. So, season eight, for the uh, promotional uh, features for season eight, um, basically everything was the master. Uh, John Pertwee's basically overshadowed in promotional features, uh, to represent, uh, to to rather more show the master and Roger DeGaldo and show, hey, there's this new character in here. Um, and he always kind of felt a little bit shit about that. Um, and so with this one, he essentially pulled his weight around and was like, I'm... Listen, I'm the fucking one... I'm I'm the Doctor here. I'm the one in charge of all of this. Like, without me, the show doesn't exist. So, you're gonna not relegate me to just, like, taking a seat back in my own episode. Like, if we're including other Doctors, like, I'm still in charge. Um, because hmm. he was kind of... Not, n- not insecure about being overshadowed, but it was... Considering what was happening behind the scenes with, um... The development of this episode, it kind of was a, 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 a grounded reality for him, because uh, they were essentially approaching uh, making this episode a lot like a 60s episode, um, a lot in the way of, uh, like, well, of course, including Patrick Trattner come back and William Hartnell, uh, bless him, um, as best they could, but also... Uh, in the way of writing certain things, and even in the end, because it took so long to prepare everything, the production essentially was like they were filming one episode a day, because they were just having to cut down time to do things. Um, Although it does, even though they cut so many things out of the story, um, and changed it completely, there is still a lot of filler in here, which still annoys me. This could have been a really perfect episode if they just didn't have the filler and had more important things in it like put some better stuff in it wait um, are you
1: saying the large amount of arguing for no fucking reason and just no, that constantly constantly re-explaining everything that just happened is filler well
0: i'll get into why they kept re-explaining everything um but that wasn't the filler the filler was like uh tyler's doomed escape attempt in episode three. Mm. Um, uh, Some stuff with the brig in episodes two and three, I believe. And just some other things here and there. Um, The majority of the uh, rest wasn't really uh, filler per se. Um, But in saying that, so returning to the the whole actors thing, um, it was quite contentious day one of recording um, to pass the time uh, John Pertwee, between his scenes, would be sitting in the corner reading a book on uh, meditation um, and everyone was kind of walking on eggshells because they didn't know how it would go because John Pertwee was very much a director's actor. He followed the script to the T. He followed uh, marks. He followed direction. He followed everything to the T because it's they know what they're doing when they're writing the show. Um, so he followed it. Patrick Troughton was a little bit more improv He sort of saw more the script more as a guideline rather than you know, follow it to the T, which pissed John Pertwee off a little bit um, uh, to the point where they had to uh, at one point when uh, they they find a device under the TARDIS console, um, uh, Patrick Tratton initially uh, stated, uh, oh, it's so dark under here, and it literally caused John Pertwee to break character and just get absolutely pissed because it wasn't in the script. And he was like, I'm mm. for fuck's sake. Can you just follow the script? Um, it, a lot of stress and contention, but in the end it was all hashed out and um, everything was fine. in the end. it was mainly the insecurity of uh, being essentially written out in his own story in some uh, shape or fashion. But anyway, we'll keep talking about it later. What happened in episode two, dear? Uh
1: Well, Benton gets worried, and the second doctor uh, looks on through a TV, talking about how they've been transported. So they just turn off the force field and open the doors to go check it on it, and it's hanging out, waiting for instructions. The brig notices the old doctor and goes, Oh, God, it asks a bunch of questions and goes, I have a time anomaly. And he's like, Yeah, sure, bitch. More arguing. The Brig is just really confused. The Time Lords are pissy, pissy about the Doctor meeting each other and arguing again for like a good five minutes about Time Laws. The Doctor and Joe pass into the black hole, uh, so they'll be the ones to help with the situation. They both wake up. They're in a quarry. Ha ha. And everything's weird here. There's also crabs. The, the blog, the blob, not blog. The blob is apparently- the blob antimatter but it shouldn't exist here it should explode when touching matter that's weird the brigadier goes to contact Geneva and they show the blob television to feed it useless information while the doctor and Joe find the lab's water cooler and computer and door that were all teleported here Bessie's also here let's just go drive around in it they see a crab watch from afar they find footprints they follow it they also see- they don't see- we see the farmer from originally in the background. The Brig wants to take the doctor to his higher-ups, the second doctor, to tell him what's, he's, what's going on, and also he's the doctor's assistant, lol. So they leave Benton to deal with the blob, and it starts freaking out, and he tries to use the machine on it, but it just keeps getting worse, so everyone just goes into a TARDIS. And the brigadier is like, oh, this is what you've been doing with my public funds. And it's just like, oh, my God. The PhD doctor is also here and trying to figure out how he got to this weird quarry, but is spotted by the doctor and Joe. Then cut away, we see someone named Omega uh, commanding the crabs. So all the crabs go after the doctor, take him hostage while the farmer watches. Meanwhile the Brig is pissy, wants to leave the TARDIS, the doctor's like, no. PhD doctor decides he's going to make a break for it from the crabs and it doesn't fucking work. Brigadier wants to talk to everyone outside, but his radio doesn't work. So let's hook it to TARDIS instead. The doctor wants to stay and meet the host here instead of running away, but the doctor the PhD doctor's like, fuck that. Runs away, then comes straight back, uh, not getting away at all. The Briggs radio might now work, though, that it's connected to the TARDIS, and they're like, well, the building is surrounded, so take no action and just watch and see what happens. And then the first doctor comes back and says, hi, I'm still stuck. Turn off the force field, though, you fucking idiots. And their bodies were apparently converted to be in the antimatter area so that they didn't explode, much like how the blob was. And then we see the second Doctor turn off the force field, and the entire building swoops away. And that was the episode. Shweeney,
0: shweeney. Oh no, the entire building of Unit has gone into the black hole, oh no. mm-hmm. Where will Unit come from now? Um, so real quick, that antimatter blob from the first episode and the second episode, the one that's jiggling around. Have a guess at what that is. Uh... Like, actual, like, the prop that they use. Not not of those, uh, already know what it is.
1: Uh, I don't know. A magnet on the screen?
0: It was a fun fur rod puppet. Essentially, a worm on a string, nearly. Hmm. Um, that they applied a lot of camera effects to, turning up contrast, grayscaling, and you know, etc, etc. But yeah, it's essentially a worm on a string, because it was, yeah, a bit of fur, like a boa um yeah i like I like to imagine it with little googly eyes and little jiggling around um he's, uh, he's a, a little jiggly boy uh. um so another weird random sort of fact about this is if you know the timeline of this because this episode was airing you'd think considering this is meant to be the 10th anniversary special, by the way, it's 10 years of Doctor Who, technically, um, this season, uh, that this episode would air on the anniversary. But it didn't. It aired in 1972 to 1973, so it just crossed over the mark. Um, But if you know your time, uh, you may know a little artist called uh, uh, David Bowie... Mm-hmm. you heard of him dear might um, have. uh under the influence of an incredible amount of recreational pharma- <laughs> pharmaceuticals um uh told rolling stone the plot of his uh ziggy stardust stage show um some have the mis, uh the, the some have it under their thumb that uh it's kind of inspired by this episode of doctor who um, because it has a lot to do with antimatter and black holes and such, um, it's possible. No one's ever really been able to confirm it or deny it. It's kind of just a, huh, this is weird. I wonder if this is true. But another explanation also is the fact that uh, the idea of black holes and antimatter were really fucking big at that moment. Mm. Um, there were, It was a lot of... A lot of uh, journals going out at the time uh, (laughs) uh, when uh, sort of things like this were becoming more common knowledge to be announced, but uh, uh, I would like to note that the the book ends that sort of paragraph with, now if Hartnell had actually said, let all the children boogie, (laughs) which... Fucking hell! Maybe that would have been a connection, but unfortunately, no. Uh, it's it's more a wild speculation. So we do not endorse this fact. Uh, we we scrutinize this fact as we have no sources to check this fact. Uh, and the sources that we checked. <laughs> I yeah. am he, and he is me. Yeah. <laughs> Dear got beaten to the punch on two jokes in this by. a uh, the the episode itself and i believe dia still is angry about it
1: no Um. i'm just it (laughs) i made the joke because it's a dumb joke so for them to also make the dope joke feels stupid um i i pretty much when they were like arguing like no i'm the doctor no he's me no i'm him and they were trying to be like i'm the original and i'm like i am he and he is me and we are all together and I was like cuckoo kachoo and Joe fucking just says that right after Yeah, and then I believe the other one is hey we're having trouble let's call in the first doctor hey let's call in the first doctor and I was just like uh huh sure god damn it
0: um so also real quick Omega wow Omega a a big draw uh, for this episode. I'm surprised they were able to get him. Um, Omega was originally meant to be Ohm. Uh, the... W- <sighs> the word resulting from turning who upside down. Um, really? Yep. I'm glad they didn't go with that. Uh, Ohm was later used in a novel for the name of an ancient uh One of, I believe, te- one of the founders of in that novel, but, I uh, know, there's a lot of contention. Uh, but, yeah, Omega, oh so we get a lot of fleshed-out lore of the Time Lords in this, and we'll talk about it more in a bit, but needless to say, hey, more Time Lord shit! And as I sort of said while we were watching it, it um very much it follows the 70s design uh, philosophy of... Aesthetics over efficiency, um, like Dia pointed is out, like the Time Lords' paper is circles, and it's like why? It's like because it looks spacey and futuristic. It's not useful. Mm-hmm. They can't use it. It's just they literally, aesthetics.
1: they literally would it's, have to like take paper and cut it apart just in order to use circles. It's such a waste. It's,
0: it's so seventies, mm-hmm. but. uh... Anyway, yeah, what happens in the next episode, dear?
1: So we see a small recap of everybody being swooped away. And the doctor, however, is being led to 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 the leader of the crabs. He wears a weird mask. His name is Omega. But wasn't Omega destroyed? No, I live. Take this weird guy away. I want vengeance. Uh, Joe and the PhD are sent into a prison cell and they talk about what happened Omega was a solar engineer to deal with stars, and he created the power to time travel, but he feels abandoned. Joe and PhD are trying to figure out if any of them are actually enemies, and they're worrying. In the antimatter world, we find that anything is possible. Here, have a seat. And he snaps and gives the doctor a chair while they talk. And he wants a Time Lord to help fight the Time Lords, because he's already winning by draining their energy. But we see that the TARDIS has swooped in because he's getting a reading. And the Brig's like, we're still on Earth. Don't worry about it. Uh, so open the door and look, we're still at home. Uh, but then he goes outside and he's like, wait, why are we in a quarry? And then the Brig refuses to think that they're in the other universe. Decides to go find a phone. But a crab is now coming for the doctor and Benton. Uh, the farmer then finds the Brig and goes, hi, I saw a doctor in Joe a bit ago what about that? And he's like, alright, where? And then they see Bitten and the Second Doctor being taken, and so let's follow them and do an attack. <sighs> Omega wants to destroy the universe instead, though. Uh, be- Even though if he was allowed on, like, the council, he would be allowed to do whatever he wants. He's like, fuck these people. And Second Doctor isn't afraid of him, and he's like, oh, you're a Time Lord. Oh, you're the same Time Lord. Huh. He gets bitchy <clears> as hell. And both doctors just, like, kind of let out, like, a really long sigh about everything. And two doctors are arguing again. And then something about singularities. Doctors, please explain one at a time. All the physical laws don't exist anywhere near this singularity near the black hole. So he's all-powerful because of it. <sighs> oh, my God. And the doctors aren't sure they can do anything because Omega is a Time Lord. Omega could make a whole world, two Time Lords could, you know, make a door, maybe. So they do. And then everybody leaves, and then they're separated up by a crab walking by. And then the Doctor's headed to the Singularity Chamber, and Omega's here and is angry. And the Doctor telepathically is then showed a weird goblin thing in his Omega's mind. Joe and them are running, find the flowers from a moment earlier where the Doctor's a goddamn magician... <laughs> the brig is trying to break in at that exact moment, though, and they everybody gets out, and they run to Bessie and take it. Back to the goblin, the doctor's fucking, like, wrestling with them. And the first doctor goes to talk to the Time Lords again, and they go, time for you to go into the black hole, lol. So, now the third doctor's dead, suffocated by a goblin. That's the episode.
0: A goblin? Why, that's Omega's champion. Uh-huh. Um... Who was just essentially a stuntman in a sea. Um. Okay, so we're gonna get into what this story initially was because it is fucking bonkers. Okay, so uh, problem number one with creating this story, we already spoke about problem number two and three, which was uh, well, problem two was John Purwee and Patrick Tratton did not really get along. P- to tie up that loose end, uh, they did, and they they buried the hatchet, so to speak, and they actually became really good friends as the years went by. Um, but at, like, conventions and stuff, they would, like, mock up the rivalry and sort of, like, friendly jab at each other to sort of continue in people's eyes just to sort of have fun. Uh, but they were they were really good friends in the end. Um, so, the original story, dear, was for the Doctor to... Uh, all of them to meet in the Realm of the Dead. Uh, but the <sighs> script editor, Terence Dix, deemed it too scary. Uh, note, however, at uh, episode two, uh, in which the Chancellor... The uh, Time Lord Chancellor says that the Doctor is dead and yeah. then Joe wakes up believing that she's dead. It's like, uh, okay, buddy. Um, uh, They would be whisked away to an alternate dimension through a gateway in a graveyard and meet an army of mythological beings who worked for death. Mm-hmm. The BBC weren't really into the whole uh, cemetery thing. Well, they eventually were in the 21st century. Um, uh, trust me, they were... Uh, so instead, the Doctor and Joe were to fly into limbo by accident in the lab, probably trying to fix the TARDIS or something. Uh, the Doctor's two previous selves were also to be trapped there, and would team up to fight Death, who was playing games with the President of the Time Lords, uh... President of the Bank? And... President of the Bank. And the earlier two would sacrifice themselves to distract Death, so... the Doctor and Joe could get away. The fate of the universe rests on this conflict, as Death is in charge of an alliance of evil beings who are vying with the Time Lords for control. Um, other amendments include uh, that were, there was an anti-Time Lord agency uh, that had fungal servants uh, As uh, near like the end of the script. Also, Jamie was actually meant to be in there. Uh, Jamie was meant to be in the story, initially, um, but unfortunately, uh, Fraser Hines was on Emmerdale at that point, and it was fucking getting hot. He was, uh, doing real well on that, so his schedule meant that he couldn't do it, so they basically just gave all of his lines to, uh, Bennett, uh, instead, uh, John Levine, and made Jamie, um... That way. They initially were like, okay, well, can we at least get him to have, like, a cameo at the end where he, where the, where, like, Jamie sees the second Doctor as he goes back to his, but unfortunately his schedule was just not allowing it, um, which is a shame. Um, okay. Uh, Jamie would have had also a mild flirtation with Joe as they, uh, teamed up to keep their Doctors in line, which honestly I think would have worked really well to have them... Sort of holding the doctors together. Mm -hmm. Um, In the next letter that Terrence Dick sent to the writers, uh, he said the Brigadier should get a more meatier part in this story. Uh, They should explore his character a little bit more and uh, give him more to do than just explain the plot and order people to shoot at things. Uh, Even though that's not exactly what we got, but, I mean, they tried. Um, uh, The villain blitz himself into three facets, one per Doctor, at one stage, or possibly into one good, one evil, and one neutral. Uh, By this time, the writers had seen an item in the Sunday Times about black holes and and cosmic censorship. Um, Look it up. Uh, A month later, uh, scripts were submitted with Omega as a Time Lord version of The Wizard of Oz, uh, projecting an image more powerful than he really was. Most of Jamie's dialogue was given to Benton, Uh, Although the team really still wanted that finale, but unfortunately they never got it. Um, The details about the black hole's ability to amplify his will and uh, the notion that this enabled him to resolve matter and antimatter gave the script a fantasy feel, but still some sort of hard science justification. Uh, Well, at the time. Uh, At the time, the writers were, like, working with the limitations with the show, At, like, at that point, nearly, when they needed to start producing the script, like, producing the actual episode, the writers are like, okay, fine, we'll work within the, the, the limitations that you have on the show. Which, like, what? Um, also, Zoe was also considered to return, uh, with the second Doctor, but John Pertwee felt that too many returning characters would be distracting, uh read distracting as taking away the spotlight a bit um, which in this case considering the production of you know everything going on eh, kind of right but also I would have loved to have seen Zoe and Jamie again I love them they're like they're, It's they're like one of my favourite TARDIS teams um, but um, anyway what happens in the in, in, in the next episode, dear.
1: Um, if so, if you kill the Doctor, you kill your freedom. Says number two, thus saving number three. Meg is actually listening now. And we see the crew getting on Bessie, they leave, hiding in Unit HQ. Second Doctor is very excited about being able to make anything here, because he's trying to fuck with his temper, be- and the third Doctor's like, what the fuck? You're an idiot. Please stop. And they're like, all right, um, look at the singularity. I made this, but everyone, everything I own is not enough. I'm trapped as fuck. Uh, but they're like, well, you know, I can't leave because this entire area is on me. So if it dissolves, if I leave, it's gone. So the doctor's like, we'll stay. It's fine. And uh, th- he also says, And she need to wear a mask because the singularity's corrosive. Remove my mask, please, so you can wear it. And they try, and they're upset because beneath the mask, there's nothing. Oh, (gasps) he only exists in this world because he wills it. He cannot leave. And now he wants to destroy everything out of sadness. The doctors escape and then rush for unit headquarters. And then everybody goes into the TARDIS. Uh, The crabs are here to destroy. We're pretty much locked in here. Too bad someone is trying to get through. And the first doctor is here again. So they all mind transfer and come up with a plan. The number two's recorder fell into the force field generator. So now I guess it's dead, but also it's a bargaining chip. And they're like, hey, Omega, we want to talk. And he's like, sure, okay. So... The TARDIS swoops over to him so they don't have to walk and goes, Hi, Omega. Look, we have a deal. If you let our friends go, we'll stay here and maybe help you. We will not leave before you do. Um, And then they make everybody walk through the smoke to head home. And the doctors try to get him to take the box. And they're like, no, fucking take it. And then he slaps it and it fucking explodes. And everybody's saved. Omega's gone. The black hole's gone the time lords are good and we see even the doctor and the tardis are safe woohoo the flute was apparently in the force field so it didn't get converted into matter non-matter antimatter in the trans the whatever the (laughs) fuck i don't care
0: matter -matter, non-matter (laughs) antimatter
1: yeah so when it hit antimatter whatever the fuck it exploded and that's why the first doctor calls in and goes, all right, let's just all go back to our time things. And then the second doctor poofs away and the brig is just having a really bad day. Honestly, third doctor's upset. He had, a, he had to kill Omega and Joe's like, it's all right. It's the only thing you could do. And he's like, I guess um, he's free now because, you know, it's freedom. Before the Time Lord send down a dear materialization circuit. Woo! And all his knowledge of time travel. Wow! He's, he's free. free! We can go wherever we want now, dear. Yes. Whenever we want. Mm-hmm. That's... That's... Why? And then that's the episode.
0: That's the episode. So, real quick, I want to end this on a sour note. Um, so, William Hartnell, um... At this point, ever since essentially John Pertwee took over and uh, Barry Letts became producer and uh, was running the show, essentially, uh, William Hartnell had been kind of vocal in public about, like, he considered, like, Doctor Who had become garbage. It had become, like, awful flim flam. They're they're ruining it. They're they're absolutely destroying it. They're, They're. Ruining the legacy of it. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, which, you know, was kind of elevated because people kept, you know, asking him for his opinion. But he still, when in was asked, he was still incredibly excited to be asked on. Uh, for those who don't remember, uh, he had to leave... He was essentially pushed out of the show because he had arteriosclerosis... Uh, which, uh, he was really wrecking his body at this point. Um, it was, he was really deteriorating fast, um, to the point where his wife was like, please don't make the role physically demanding for him. Please make it something simple. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to do much. Um... Uh, although, in saying that, she she also, later after the recording of the episode, she sort of said, like, this is kind of the happiest I've seen him in a while. Um, he, he Like, even though he's vocal about the show, he was just so happy that they wanted him back to, to uh, like, even just in the role that he was. Uh, but they essentially recorded them all, all of his scenes in, in uh, one go. They had uh, cue cards with his lines on it, so he would easily be able to follow it, because... Uh, Unfortunately, the recording took longer than normal for him because he would have bouts of just completely disconnecting from reality. Uh, Sometimes even forgetting he was on the show, um, uh, being incredibly vindictive and angry, saying that the BBC had some dark conspiracy against him. Um, So it was really hard for them to record his stuff and it was like, yeah, we can only do like, really basic things at the moment. So, him sitting in a chair, and they did it the best they could, uh, which I think it works. I mean, it would have been better if he was there in it, but I feel like it also works as it did. Um, But, yeah, unfortunately, um, after this, it would only be two more years and unfortunately he would succumb to the illness and uh, he would die.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, But he never... He he never, ever lost his passion for Doctor Who and never, never lost his respect for what it could be for, 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 for kids around the country. Um, and he, it, it was great for him to be able to come back. He absolutely fucking loved it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was that, mm-hmm. um, How do you feel, dear?
1: Like a five? Okay. I feel like a five because I got really frustrated um, with them just repeating shit constantly. Like, the doctor and the doctor are arguing with Omega and they take Joe to the prison and they're like, Wow! Wow! I'll talk about all this stuff that just happened like this and this. And he seems like he knew him and it's like, no shit. Would it help if I told
0: you a, the original version of the script was called death world Mm. and uh, b some of the uh, different realizations of death that they were meant to encounter were zombies, uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the Hindu goddess Kali because uh, remember, you know, 70s they were kind of really getting into, uh, you know, other cultures and and uh, the, such an enlight the concept of enlightenment. Um, uh, the Cyclops uh, Polyphemus from Greek mythology, uh, with the victor in those contests deciding whether or not the Time Lords or the Federation of Evil would prevail.
1: No, it doesn't make me feel any better because that's not the episode I got. Damn it.
0: Did you at least like Joe's outfit? No. What? But it was so 70s.
1: Good for her. I don't care. Fine.
0: (sighs) Okay. Well, that was The Three Doctors, a love letter to the, the 60s era of Doctor Who quite a bit and the show as a whole um next up the quintessential 70s episode in my opinion uh, in a lot of ways uh, Carnival of Monsters uh oh boy get excited for this one dear cause it is a doozy
1: uh-huh. <sighs>
0: uh huh anyway Uh, yeah, that's... Anything else you want to mention, dude? No. Cool. Bye.
1: Bye.